The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Milford, England. A small city with a large railroad station. Where suburbanites change trains on their way to or from Liverpool. There's a second-rate refreshment room in the station, a sort of cafe. Rather a gloomy place, but quite acceptable for brandy or a cup of tea while you're waiting for your train. Laura, why, what a lovely surprise. Oh, hello, Dolly. My dear, I simply must have a cup of tea. I was going to stop at Spindles, but I was terrified of missing my train. Oh, dear. This is Dr. Harvey, Dolly. Friend of mine, Mrs. Messiter. How do you do? Oh, how do you do? Doctor, would you be a perfect dear and get me a cup of tea? I doubt if I could drag my poor old bones as far as the counter. Yes, of course. Uh, miss a cup of tea, please. Cup of tea with or without tea? Alec, there's your train. Yes, I know. Oh, aren't you coming with us? No, I go in the opposite direction. My practice is in Shirley. Oh, I see. Dr. Harvey's going to Africa soon. Oh, how thrilling. 545 train for Charlie. 545 train for Charlie. Yes, you must. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye, Doctor. He'll have to run or he'll miss it. He's got to get over to the other platform. Yes, yes, I know. Oh, Miss, can you tell me if the Ketchworth train's in yet? Is that it coming now? That one's the boat train, Miss. Doesn't stop here. Express. Oh. Yes, that doesn't stop here, does it? But what on earth's the matter? Laura, are you ill? I don't know. Oh, well, do come back and sit down, dear. You look terribly peaky. Our trains do, please. Let's just walk over to the platform. I'll be all right. Now just relax, Laura. Oh, I am so glad you feel better. Oh, how silly of me. Back there in the station, I thought I was going to faint. <laughs> well, he certainly was very nice looking. Who? By your friend, Dr. Hooses. Known him long, Laura. I hardly know him at all, really. Well, my dear, I've always had a passion for doctors. I can very well understand how it is that women get neurotic. Of course, some of them are. If only I could trust you, Dolly. If only you were a wise, kind friend. Instead of a gossiping acquaintance I never particularly cared for. If only you were a friend. A friend. Auntie and going all the way to Africa. Is he married? Yes. Children? Two boys. 
Well, I must say wild horses wouldn't drag me away from England. I mean, after all, one has one's roots, hasn't one? Yes, yes, one has one's roots. Uh, Laura, dear, are you feeling ill again? I, I think if I just close my eyes for a while... Oh, you poor darling. Well, I won't say another word. Do try to nap, Laura. And don't worry, I'll wake you in plenty of time to powder your nose. Thanks, Dolly. Thanks, Dolly. Thanks, Dolly. This can't last. This misery can't last. Nothing lasts, really. Neither happiness nor despair. I've come a time when I, I shan't mind this anymore. When I look back and say how silly I was. No. No, I don't want that time ever to come. I want to remember every minute. Always. Always. To the end of my days. been unusually quiet, Laura. You feel all right, darling? Oh, I suppose I'm just tired, Fred. Oh, you didn't tell me about your trip today to Milford. Oh, I bought a few clothes for the children, saw a movie, came back on the train with Dolly Messiter. Oh, Dolly, huh? <laughs> and what's the gossip in town this time? Oh, she, um, she didn't tell me. I'm sorry I was so late getting home. The, the children behaved, didn't they? <laughs> oh, well, Laura, what's the matter? Laura, darling. Nothing, Fred, really. I... I'm just run down, I suppose. <laughs> I'm behaving like a fool. Yeah, would, uh, would you like to go to bed? No, Fred, really. Well, uh, come and sit by the fire, then. Relax. You can help me with the crossword puzzle. <laughs> you really have the most peculiar ideas of relaxation. Well, Laura, I, I think I'll telephone Dr. Wiley. No, darling, you're making a fuss about nothing. Now work your puzzle out and let me sit down. Please. All right, Laura. Fred... Dear Fred, you're the only one in the world with enough wisdom and gentleness to understand. As it is, you're the only one I can never tell. Never. You are my husband. This is my home. Upstairs in bed, our children are sleeping. I've been so foolish, Fred. I've fallen in love. I didn't think such... Violent things could happen to such ordinary people. It all started at the railway station in Milford a few weeks ago. I'd been waiting for my train. The express went past and a, a cinder or something flew into my eye. I went into the refreshment room. Albert, come here. There's a lady in here. She's got something in her eye. If I could have a glass of water, please. I, I think if I just bathed it, maybe. Albert will help you. It's all right. He's just a platform guard. Here, now, let's have a look. A man I knew lost the sight of one eye through getting a bit of grit in it. Yeah, nasty thing, grit. Very nasty. Now, if you'll hold still, ma'am. May I help you, please? Oh, thank you. It's, it's just something in my eye. Try pulling down the eyelid as far as it'll go. And then blowing your nose. Let me look. I'm a doctor. Oh, thank you. Uh, your handkerchief, please. Now then, uh, look to the light. Now then, look up. Now down. All right, hold still, huh? Now we are. It's out. You see? Oh, oh, what a relief! A little piece of grit can be very painful. Well, uh, my train's coming. Goodbye. Goodbye, and oh, thank you very much.
Yes, that's how it began, Fred. A piece of grit in my eye. I completely forgot the whole incident. The next Thursday, I went into Milford again as usual. I changed my book at the lending library, and then I went to the chemists and bought new toothbrushes for the children. And just as I stepped onto the pavement... Oh, good morning. Oh, Oh, good morning. How's the eye? Oh, it's fine, thank you. You know, I was so lucky that you happened to be there. Nothing at all, really. Well, I don't believe it's going to rain after all. Uh, Yes, I mean, no, yes. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be quite a nice day. Yes. Well, I have some patients to see in the hospital. And I must get on with my shopping. What exciting lives we lead, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Later that afternoon when I was back at the station, the train for Chirley was just puffing out. I watched it idly, wondering if he was on it. But I was really thinking of other things. A present, Fred, for your birthday. A traveling clock. It was terribly expensive, but I knew you wanted it. And I'd sort of half taken the plunge and left a deposit at Spink and Rodson's until next Thursday. And on the next Thursday, I went in and bought it. It was wildly extravagant, I know. But having committed the crime, I, I suddenly felt reckless and gay and marched straight to the Cardoma for lunch. The little restaurant was jammed. I just ordered when I saw Alec come in. He looked tired, I thought. There was nowhere else for him to sit, so I, I, I called to him. Are you alone? Yes, I am. Would you mind terribly if I shared your table? There doesn't seem to really oh, be any... Oh, of course not. Sit down. Yeah, I'm afraid we haven't been introduced. My name's Alec Harvey. How do you do? Mine's Laura Jessen. Miss or Miss? Mrs. You, uh, you come here every Thursday, you said? Yes, yes. The chief physician at the hospital is a friend of mine. I take over for him. It gives him a chance to get to London and a chance to study the patients. Oh. Uh, do you? Do I what? I come here every Thursday. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, I do the week's shopping and I change my library book and generally go to the pictures. It's not a very exciting routine, really, but it makes a change. Are you, uh, you're going to the picture this afternoon? Well, yes, yes, I am. Well, how extraordinary, so am I. Oh, but I thought that, uh... Well, uh, between ourselves, you see, I killed two patients this morning and the head nurse is extremely displeased with me. I don't dare go back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh how can you be so silly? No, seriously, I have a very light day. Would you mind very much if I go with you? Well, I... Uh... I could sit downstairs and you could sit upstairs. Oh, upstairs is too expensive. Oh, yes, that's right, it is, dear. <laughs> well, I, I'm afraid then we must sit together. Rather good picture, wasn't it? Oh, maybe it's just that I, I don't uh, I don't get to see one very often. Oh, I liked it. I felt awfully grand perched way up there. It's very extravagant of you. Well, it was famous victory. <laughs> do you feel guilty at all? I do. Guilty? Why? Well, you ought to more than I. You neglected your work. Oh, I worked this morning. And why should either of us feel guilty, really? Well, well, I don't know, really. <laughs> How awfully nice you are. What's she like? Your wife, I mean. A Madeline? Small, dark, rather delicate. And your husband, what's he like? Oh, medium height, brown hair, kindly, unemotional, and, and not delicate at all. You say that very proudly. Do I? <laughs> well, um, here's the station. It's just time for a cup of tea before our trains go. Good afternoon. Uh, two teas, please. Beryl, two teas for the gentleman. Oh, are those buns, uh, are they fresh? Certainly they are. Made this morning. Uh, well, two, please. That'll be seven tonight. Buns with the tea, Beryl. One of my earliest passions in life, bath buns. I've never <laughs> outgrown it. 
Why did you become a doctor? No, well, that's, that's a long story. Perhaps because I once imagined I was a bit of an idealist. Oh, all doctors ought to have ideals. Otherwise, their work must be unbearable. Yes, and all good doctors primarily, I think, must be enthusiasts. They, they must, like uh, writers and painters and priests, they must have a sense of vocation, a, a deep-rooted, unsentimental desire to do good, I think. Do, um, do you specialize? Well, after fashion, uh, preventive medicine. Oh, I see. Uh, there's your trainer. Yes. Well, you mustn't miss it. No, no, I... What's the matter? Well, nothing. Nothing at all, really. It's been very nice. I've enjoyed my afternoon enormously. Well, I'm so glad. So have I. Shall I see you again? Your train. Shall I see you again? Well, yes, of course. Perhaps you could come out to Ketchworth sometime. It's rather far, I know, but we'd be delighted. Please. Please, next Thursday at the same time? No, I couldn't possibly. Please. I ask you most humbly. You'll miss your train. All right. Goodbye, Laura. I'll be there. Thank you, my dear. I stood there and watched till his train vanished in the darkness. Then I imagined him getting out at Churley, walking through the streets, letting himself into his house with his latch key. His wife, Madeline. Madeline? Yes, she'd be in the hall to meet him, or perhaps in her room, not feeling very well. Small, dark, rather delicate. I, I wondered if he'd say, I met such a nice woman at the Cardoma. We had lunch and then went to the pictures. Then suddenly, I knew that he wouldn't mention me. I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that he wouldn't say a word. And at that moment, the first awful feeling of, of danger swept over me. Comfortably on the divan, Fred Jessen is immersed in his nightly crossword puzzle. A few feet away, Laura is sewing, and on the grate, a fire burns cheerfully. Here is happiness, one would say. Man and wife, father and mother, peace, understanding. But hidden behind Laura's outward calm is an almost hysterical desperation as she recounts to herself the events of the past few weeks. You don't suspect in the least, do you, Fred? No, not remotely. You love me and you trust me. If only I could speak to you, tell you. I need help. Oh, Fred, Fred. I need help. Yes, I had promised Alec, there in the station at Milford, to meet him again the following Thursday. But by the time my train reached Ketchworth, I'd made up my mind definitely to forget all about it. I'd behaved like an idiot, flirting like that with a complete stranger. But after all, no harm had been done. You were there in the hall as I opened the front door, Fred. Your face was strained and worried, and, and my heart sank. Hello, darling. I'm glad you're here. Fred? What's the matter? Oh, it's all right, Laura. It's nothing to get upset about. But what is it? It's Bobby. He was knocked down by a car this afternoon. Oh, Fred! No, it's not serious, dear. He's, he's upstairs in bed. Bobby! Bobby! He's got a slight concussion. Dr. Wiley's with him now. I felt so dreadful, Fred. Bobby lying there with that bandage around his head. I tried not to show it, but I was quite hysterical inside. 
as though the whole thing were, were my fault, a sort of punishment, an awful, sinister warning. An hour or two later, everything was quite normal again. Bobby was really enjoying the whole thing thoroughly. Uh, have you seen my puzzle, Laura? Oh, oh never mind. Here it is. Fred? Hmm? I had lunch today with a strange man. He took me to the movies. Oh, good for you. He's awfully nice. He's a doctor. A very noble profession. I thought perhaps we might ask him to dinner some night. Uh, by all means. Uh, uh, who? Oh, Dr. Harvey, the one I was telling you about. Oh, must it be dinner? Well, you're never home for lunch. Exactly. <laughs> oh. well, what's the matter? It's nothing. It's only... <laughs> oh, Fred. Well, I really don't see what's so funny. <laughs> it's all right, darling. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at me. Oh, I'm the one that's funny. I'm worrying myself about things that, that don't even exist. Well, I told you when you came home it was nothing serious. Bobby got bumped. Oh, There's nothing to get in a state about. I know. <laughs> When Thursday came, I went to meet Alec after all. But more as a matter of politeness than for any other reason. After all, I, I had promised. We decided to go to the botanical gardens. There were some little boys sailing their boats on the lake. One of them looked awfully like Bobby. Now that should have given me a pang of conscience, I know. But it didn't. I was enjoying myself. Every minute. All the rowboats were covered up. It was too early in the season. But Alec managed to persuade the old man to let us have one. <laughs> he thought we were raving mad, and perhaps he was right. Boating in the middle of winter. Now, why don't more people think of doing this? <laughs> you don't row very well, you? I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't row at all. And, and, and unless you want to go round and round in very narrowing circles, you better grab that tiller and start steering. Oh, the tiller! <laughs> oh, oh, yes! <laughs> oh, we had such fun, Fred. I felt gay and happy and free. That's what's so shameful about it all. That's what would hurt you so much, wouldn't it? To know that I could feel as intensely as that, away from you, with a stranger. Pull to your left. We're going straight into the bank. Your, your left. Your left. Pull. Oh, oh look at us. Oh, you know, I never could tell left from right. In case you don't know it, we're stuck in the mud. <laughs> well, it's my fault, really. I'll jump out on the bank. I'll, I'll push us off. Oh! Oh, Alec, just look at you. You're at your knees. I said mud, didn't I? <laughs> the old man took us into his boathouse. He had a little stove. And Alec dried his shoes and socks. And the old man looked at us with a, a sort of a smile, showed me where the tea was, and then he went out. You know, the British have always been nice to mad people. Now, that boatman for you. Yes, I'm sure he thinks we're quite dotty. Just look how sweet he's been, though. There's tea, milk, well, there's even some sugar. Well, aren't you going to drink it? In a moment. Lara, you know what's happened, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. I've fallen in love with you. Yes, I know. Tell me honestly. Please tell me honestly if what I believe is true. What do you believe? That it's the same with you that you've fallen in love to. It sounds so silly. Why? Well, uh, I know you so little. It is true, though, isn't it? Yes, it's true. Lara. No, no, please. We must be sensible. 
We mustn't behave like this. We must forget that we've said what we've said. No, not yet. Not quite yet. And whether we'd said it or not couldn't have mattered. We know. We've both known for a long time. How can you say that? We only talked for the first time last... last Thursday week. Last Thursday week. Has been a long time for you since then? Yes. How often did you decide that you were never going to see me again? Several times a day. Yes, so did I. Oh, Alec. I love you. I love your wide eyes and... and the way you smile and your shyness. And... and the way you laugh at my jokes. Please. I love you. I love you and you love me, too. It's no use pretending that it hasn't happened because it has. Yes, it has. And I, I don't pretend, not to you or, or to anyone else, but well, from now on I shall have to. That's what's so wrong, don't you see? That's why we must stop here and now talking like this. There's still time if, if we control ourselves and, and, and behave like, like sensible human beings. There's, there's, there's still time. There's no time at all, darling. There's no time at all. Laura. Oh, Laura. Yes. Yes, Fred. Oh, you were miles away. Was I? Yes, I suppose I was. Oh, tired of sewing? Oh, well, oh, my puzzle's almost done. You shan't be long, darling, and then we'll go up to bed, hmm? Don't hurry, Fred. I'm perfectly happy. How can I possibly say that? Don't hurry. I'm perfectly happy. Oh. Oh, if only it were true. Not, I suppose, that, that anybody is ever perfectly happy, really. But just to be ordinarily contented again, to be at peace. Oh, it seems an eternity since that afternoon at the Botanical Gardens. I was happy then, wildly happy, like a romantic schoolgirl. Alec had said he loved me, and I'd said I loved him, and it was true. I imagined him holding me in his arms. I imagined being with him in all sorts of oh, lovely, glamorous places. Alec and me. Perhaps a, a little younger and a little handsomer than we really are. But happily in love and with nothing in the way. That night before dinner, you walked into the bedroom, Fred. Do you remember? Oh, no, I don't suppose you do, but... But I do. You see, you didn't know that that was the first time in our life together that, that I'd ever lied to you. And it started then. The, the shame of the whole thing and, and the guilt and the fear. Have a good day in town, dear. Yes, lovely, Fred. I shopped, had lunch, went to the pictures. All by yourself? Yes. Oh, no, not exactly. Not exactly? Well, I, um, I went to the pictures by myself, but... I had lunch with Mary Norton. She couldn't come to the pictures because she had to see her in-laws. They live just outside of Milford, you know. Mary Norton? How is she? Oh, very well. Very well. A little fatter, I thought. <laughs> well, hurry up with all this beautifying, darling. I want my dinner. 
Number, please. Catchworth, three, seven. Catchworth, three, seven. One moment, please. I had to phone Mary Norton. I'd lied to you, Fred, and it terrified me. What of you to bump into Mary Norton and mention our having had lunch together? What is she... Hello? Mary? It's Laura Jessen. Laura? Well, fancy hearing from you. I thought you were dead. Oh, no, no, not quite, but it has been ages, hasn't it? Uh, listen, my dear, will you be a saint and back me up in a little domestic lie? Of course. What is it? Well, I, uh, I went into Milford today with a special intention of buying a far too expensive present for Fred's birthday. Oh, I see. Well, Spink and Robson hadn't got what I wanted, but they rang up their branch in Broadham and said that there was one there. It's a, it's a sort of clock affair with a barometer and everything, you know. So I hopped on the 1.30 train and went over and got it. Well? Well, this is where the black lie comes in. Fred wanted to know what I did today, so I said that you and I had lunch together. So if you run into Fred, darling, don't let me down, will you? Why, darling, of course not. Oh, thank you. I'll do as much for you, I promise. Well, let's really have lunch one day. Yes, let's. That'd be lovely. What about next Thursday? That week was misery. I went through it in a trance. How odd of you, Fred, not to have noticed that you were living with a stranger in the house. But Thursday came at last. I met Alec and we went to the Royal Hotel for lunch. It was all very grand. Alec even ordered a bottle of champagne. And when I protested, he said we were only middle-aged once. Oh, we were very gay during lunch. Oh, Fred. He, he really was charming. I know you'd have liked him if only things had been different. As we were leaving the dining room, he said he had a surprise for me and that I should wait in the lounge. And then suddenly... Out of the dining room, there came Mary Norton and that rich, over-made-up cousin of hers. They must have been there all the time and seen Alec and me and the champagne and everything. Laura, so it was you after all. You know how short-sighted I am. I stared and stared, but I still wasn't sure. Oh, I didn't see you at all. How awful of me. I expect it was the champagne. I'm not used to champagne. But uh, Alec insisted Alec? That... Alec who, dear? Well, Dr. Alec Harvey, of course. You remember the Harveys, Mary? No, I don't think I've ever... Oh, isn't that he now? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, Alec, you remember Mrs. Norton, don't you? No, I'm afraid I don't. Oh, it's no use, Laura. We've never seen each other before in our lives. Well, how absurd. I made certain that he and Madeline were there when you dined with us just before Christmas last year. Oh. Horrid weather, isn't it, Doctor? Uh, yes, yes. Well, yes, my yes. cousin's waiting for me. Goodbye, Dr. Harvey. Goodbye. Goodbye, Laura. Goodbye. I do so envy you your champagne. Oh, that was awful, awful. Never mind. Well, they've been watching us all through lunch. Oh, forget it. Come out and look at this surprise. It was a car, a little two-seater. Alec had borrowed it for the afternoon from Dr. Lynn, his friend at the hospital. I tried so hard to look pleased, but I, I kept thinking of Mary and her cousin and how they must be laughing and talking about us. We drove far out into the country. There was a little bridge and a stream, and the sun was making an effort to come out, but not succeeding very well. We leaned on the parapet of the bridge and looked down into the water. I, I shivered and Alec put his arm round me. Cold? No, no, not really. Happy? No, not really. I know exactly what you're going to say, that it isn't worth it, that all this furtiveness and lying outweighs the happiness we might have together. Isn't that it, Laura? Something like that. 
I want to ask you something just to reassure myself. What is it? It is true for you, isn't it? This overwhelming feeling that we have for each other. It's as true for you as it is for me, isn't it? Yes, it's true. It was almost dark when we got back to Milford and drove the car into his friend's garage. I remember feeling as if, as if I were on the edge of a precipice. Alex said he had to leave the car keys in his friend's flat. He suggested that I come up with him, and I refused rather too vehemently. All right, darling. Laura, please, please may I kiss you. Oh, Alex. I'm not going back to Shirley, Laura. I'll stay at the flat. If, if you want, I, I, I'm going home, Alec, now. I, I really must go home. Yes, yes, of course you must. I took a cab to the station. I was afraid that if I walked, I might change my mind and rush back to him. It seemed that the train would never get there. And then... Train for Ketchworth, now arriving on platform two. I had no excuses train now. My train was here, and I started to run toward it. I'll stay at the flat. I really must go home. I'll stay at the flat. I must go home. I must go home. I must go home. Alec. Alec. Laura. You didn't go. Oh, darling, you didn't go. Once again, we're in the Jessens' living room. There's rather a pleased expression on Fred's face as he proceeds successfully to the end of his crossword puzzle. Quite unaware that Laura, his wife, has stopped sewing, that she's gazing blankly at the fire, for in her troubled mind, she's again with Alec Harvey, back with him in the apartment of Alec's friend, and the door is closing behind her. It's raining quite hard. Yes, uh, you have no umbrella and your, your coat's wet. I must look a fright. Well, come here by the fire and perk up in a moment. Darling, sit down. You know, we, we're both really very foolish. Oh, Alec, I, I, I can't stay, you know, really, I can't. I know, I know, but just a little while. I, I just couldn't leave you before, and so I... I, I came back, but only to... I, Alec the hall. There's someone in the hall. Stephen. Stephen, here. Through the kitchen, there's a tradesman's staircase. Alec, you in there? Uh, yes, coming. Uh, just a moment, Stephen. Well, you're back early. Yes. I, I felt a cold coming on, so I'd better come on home. You know, Alec, you have hidden depths I never even suspected. Now, look here, Stephen. I don't wish... Don't explain. I gather she beat a retreat down the back stairs, eh? Alec, I'm surprised by this farcical streak in your nature. Such carryings on are quite unnecessary. You're very angry, aren't you? No, Alec. Not angry. Just, well, disappointed. I had run from the flat to the street. And I kept running until I couldn't run any longer. So utterly humiliated. So dreadfully, dreadfully ashamed. 
And then suddenly I realized I, I couldn't go home, not until I got myself under more control and had time to think. I thought of you, Fred, and Bobby and, and Margaret waiting for me and the dinner being spoiled. There was a tobacconist shop across the street. I telephoned to you, remember? What is it, dear? Is something wrong? Oh, no, no, Fred. Only I won't be able to get home for dinner. I'm with Miss Lewis. Miss Lewis? Yes, you know, the librarian. She's in a terrible state. Her mother's been taken ill, and I promised to stay until the doctor comes. Well, that's too bad, dear, but, but can't you... Oh, it's just that she's always been awfully kind to me, Fred, and I feel so sorry for her. But what about dinner? Well, you and the children go ahead. Please, please, dear, and I'll come just as soon as I can. Goodbye, dear. All right, be careful, Laura. It's so easy to lie when you know it's it, that you're trusted implicitly. So easy, Fred. And so very degrading. I left the phone booth and started walking. Then I became terrified that I might run into Alec. He was certain to come to the station after me. So I, I went the other way to the war memorial. The rain was over now and I felt stifling hot. I sat down on a bench. I sat there for ages. Then I, I noticed a policeman a little way off. He was looking at me rather suspiciously. Doing all right, miss? Oh, yes, thank you. Waiting for someone? No, no, I'm not waiting for anyone. Don't go and catch cold now. It's a damp night to be sitting about on seats. Yes, uh, I was going now, anyway. I, I've got to catch a train. You're sure you're feeling all right? Quite, thank you. Good night. Good night, miss. I tried to appear casual as I walked away, knowing he was still watching me. I felt like a criminal. I got to the station 15 minutes before the last train to Ketchworth, and I realized I'd been wandering about for over three hours. The waitress in the refreshment room wasn't there, just her helper. She was closing up when I entered. Sorry, ma'am, we're just closing. Yes, I know, but you're not quite closed yet, are you? May I have a piece of paper and an envelope? Paper and envelope at the bookstall, ma'am. Oh, but the bookstall's closed. Please, it's, it's really very important. I want to leave a note for someone. I should be so much obliged. Paper and envelope. Oh, just a minute. I'll look. We close in a few minutes, you know. Laura! Darling, I've been looking for you everywhere. Please go away. Please. I've please don't watched say every train. Please go away. I can't leave you like this. You must. It'll be better, really. It You're will. being cruel, Laura. It was just an accident that Stephen came back early. I suppose he laughed. Well, didn't he? I, I suppose you, you spoke of me together as men of the world. We didn't speak of you. We spoke of some nameless creature who has no reality at all. Well, why didn't you tell him who I am? Why didn't you say we were cheap and low and cowardly? Stop it, Laura. But it's true. It's true. It's nothing of the sort. We know we love each other. That's true, and that's all that matters. It isn't all that matters. Self-respect matters. And, and decency. I can't go on any longer. Can you really say goodbye, Laura? Never see me again? Yes. If... If you'll help me. I love you, Laura. I love you always until the end of my life. But I know this is the beginning of the end. Not the end of my loving you, but the end of our being together. I know what you feel about this evening. I mean, about the, the sordidness of it. I know about the strain of our different lives, our lives apart from each other. The feeling of guilt, of doing wrong. It's too strong, isn't it? It's too great a price to pay for the happiness we have together. I know all this because, darling, it's the same with me, too. Oh, Alec, I... Let's be very careful. Let's prepare ourselves. A sudden break now, however brave and admirable, 
We can't do such violence to each other. Very well. Laura, I'm going away. Please, Alec. Please. Not quite yet. Here's your paper, miss. Oh. oh I, I won't need it now. Thank you very much. And uh, here, here's for your trouble. Yes, ma'am. It's after closing time. Yes, yes, I know. We're just going. I want you to promise me something. What is it? Promise me that however unhappy you are and however much you think that things are all over, that you'll meet me again next Thursday. Where? Outside the hospital at 12.30. All right. I promise. I've got to talk to you. I've got to explain. About going away? Yes, yes. Where will you go? You can't give up your practice. Well, I've had a job offered me. I wasn't going to take it, but I know now that it's the only way out. Where? It's a long way away. Johannesburg. I haven't told anyone yet, not even Madeline. I couldn't bear the thought of leaving you. But now I see that it's got to happen soon anyway. It's almost happened already. When? When will you go? In about two weeks. Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to turn down the offer? Oh, don't be foolish, Alan. I'll do whatever you say. That's unkind of you, my darling. Train for Ketchworth is now arriving at Platform 3. You're not angry with me, are you? No, I'm not angry. I don't think I feel anything, really. You forgive me. Forgive you for what? For everything. For meeting you in the first place. For taking that piece of grit out of your eye. And for loving you. And for bringing you so much misery. I'll forgive you. If you will forgive me. Good night, Alec. Thursday? You'll be there Thursday. Yes, Alec. Thursday. All that was a week ago, Fred. It's hardly credible that it's been so short a time. Today, this afternoon, I met Alec outside the hospital, as I promised. We drove to the country again, but this time he'd hired a car. We didn't talk much. I felt numb and hardly alive at all. We stopped at a village pub. Afterwards, we went to the same bridge over the stream, the bridge we'd been to a week before. Those, those last few hours, they went by so quickly. And then we were back at the station again. As we walked through the crowds to the refreshment room, I remember thinking, this is the last time with Alec. I shall see all this again, but without Alec. I tried not to think of it, not to let it spoil our last moments together. Are you all right, darling? Yes, I'm all right. I wish I could think of something to say. It doesn't matter. Not, not saying anything, I mean. I'll miss my train and wait to see you under yours. Oh, no, no, please don't. I'll come over with you to your platform. I'd rather. Very well. Do you think we shall ever see each other again? I don't know. Not for years, anyway. The children will be all grown up. I wonder if they'll ever meet and know each other. It's possible. Laura, couldn't I write to you just once in a while? No, Alec, please. Laura, dear... I do love you so very much. 
I love you with all my heart and soul. I want to die. If only I could die. No, if you died, you'd forget me. I want to be remembered. Yes, yes, I know. I do, too. We've still got a few minutes. Laura, what a lovely surprise. Oh, hello, Dolly. Oh, my dear, I've been shopping till I'm dropping, or I simply must have a cup of tea. I was going to stop at Spindles, but I was terrified of missing the train. Oh, dear. Oh, this is Dr. Harvey. How do you do? Oh, how do you do? Doctor, would you be a perfect dear and get me a cup of tea? I really don't think I could drag my poor old bones over to the counter. Yes, of course. Uh, miss, a cup of tea, it was cruel of fate to be against us right up to our last minute. Dolly Messiter, poor, well-meaning, irritating Dolly Messiter, crashing into these last few precious minutes we had to go. She chatted and fussed, but I didn't hear what she said. I felt dazed and bewildered. Oh, dear, no sugar. It's in the spoon. Oh, God. Alec behaved so beautifully with such perfect calm. No one could have guessed what he was really feeling. Then... Train for Charlie on platform one. Charlie train on platform one. Charlie Lee Green and Langford train. There's your train. Yes, I know. Oh, aren't you coming with us? No, I go in the opposite direction. My practice is in Shirley. Oh, I see. I'm a general practitioner at the moment. Dr. Harvey is going to Africa soon. Oh, how thrilling. Shirley Lee Green and Langford train now on platform one. I must go. One. Yes, you must. Goodbye. Goodbye. I felt the touch of his hand on my shoulder for a moment. And then he walked away. Away. Out of my life forever. He'll have to run or he'll miss it. He's got to get over to the other platform. You know, I never could Dolly went on talking, but I wasn't listening to her. I was listening for the sound of his train starting. Then I heard it. And I said to myself, he didn't go. He couldn't have gone. Any minute now, he'll come back. He'll pretend he's forgotten something. I prayed for him to do that. Just that I could, I could see him again for an instant. The minutes went by. Is that all train? Oh, miss, can you tell me if that's a Ketchworth train coming in now? That one's the boat train, ma'am. It doesn't stop here. Express. Oh, of course. That doesn't stop, does it? Excuse me, Laura. I want some chocolate, please. Milk or plain? Express train. Roaring down the tracks. If I dashed out, I just had time. I meant to do it, friend. I really meant to do it. I stood there trembling on the edge of the platform. I couldn't. I wasn't brave enough. I should like to be able to say that it was the thought of you and the children that prevented me, but it wasn't. I had no thoughts at all. Only an overwhelming desire not to feel anything ever again. Not to be unhappy anymore. I turned and went back to the refreshment room. That's when I nearly fainted, I think. That's when, when Dolly... Laura? Laura, are you awake? What? Oh, yes, dear, yes, I'm awake. Why, Laura, darling, what's the matter? You're crying. Well, I must have been dreaming. Whatever your dream was, it wasn't a very happy one, was it? No. Is there anything I can do to help Yes, Fred. You always help. I've been watching you. Your eyes were closed. You've been a long way away, Laura. Yes, 
Thank you for coming back to me, darling. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.